Hello, it is episode 58 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. Yes, we are live a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, I guess I should just get this out of the way now. We don't know what the hell our schedule is going to look like for Worlds this year. We think that we're going to do uh, some episodes every so often. We will update you guys later because it'll take way too long to get into it. Uh, Blue J and JNT 250. We've got some rumors, JNT, already starting. Let's start with the big one, of course. The return of Bjergsen, question mark? That didn't take long, did it? Yeah, it didn't. Like, not at all. I, I kind of felt like this was probably coming uh, with TSM not making Worlds because it's got to feel like a big disappointment for you to make a very pivotal move in your career in an attempt to benefit your team, and then you fail. And yeah. you, you, you could you could just imagine like Bjergsen probably sitting there himself watching his team lose and be like, if I was in this game, I would have won it. Or like if I was in this game, I would have told my team to do this and this and this. And that, like I assume as like a former as a former player who retired very, very recently and retired on top after just winning the split. Like you just got to imagine like you he probably thinks he's still got it. He obviously probably does still got it. I think should he jump right back into LCS right now, he, he would be a top player for sure. No doubt about it. And uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in people's minds about will Bjergsen be good. I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, there's a little bit of doubt about which team he's going to, but I don't think there's very much of it, to be quite honest. The, the one thing that I, I want to touch on, I, I don't remember this specifically. But when he stepped down, was it to him because he thought it was best for the team or was it just that he needed a break? Do you remember anything like that? I don't remember hearing anything about him ever needing a break per se, but I definitely think that, you know, he was sort of, I guess, you know, because we kind of heard, you know, after the whole offseason with TSM, like the offseason was pretty wild for them because, you know, they didn't really know who they were going to get at support. It was originally supposed to be Pallet, who was like a very, very good VCS uh, up and coming support. He was supposed to be one of the best in the league. And then that kind of fell through and Doublelift, you know, he didn't really want to play with him in the first place because there was going to be a language barrier. And, you know, there was going to be that, that whole, you know, basically a whole year of getting to know and trust this new support. And then you kind of saw a double lift bail and then sword art kind of comes on last minute. And at the same time you bring in players like power of evil and Hooney who have found success on previous teams. And you were hoping could sort of mold together a, a world's caliber team with this TSM roster, because you have a ton of different play styles on it. Like if you look at it top to bottom right now, you had Hooney who's like normally a very, very aggressive player who wants to get yeah. a lot of resources, wants to get a lot done in lane. You have Spica, who up until this season has normally been a pretty passive player who plays more for the team than himself, will often sacrifice you know his own jungle camps and times to help his laners with the uh, ganks pulling summoners or, or making dives happen. And you have Power of Evil, who's this like super, I don't want to say selfish because I feel like that means negative, but he's a very selfish player in terms that he likes to play around his lane solely. He likes to play for waves. He doesn't like to roam too much. You know, he, he would rather push his wave and reset than sack a wave and roam. Um, and I think, you know, Bjergsen probably felt that he was going to be that missing piece to like make this whole roster fit. And, you know, ultimately it didn't work. And, you know, he obviously still has that hunger and drive to want to play and want to succeed. And I think that'll probably keep happening, I guess. 
Yeah, and uh, the one way one way of looking at this is some people could say that maybe he's just tired of coaching or doesn't like coaching, so that's why he why he wants to go back to playing. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's just that he likes competing more. If if I were to guess, it's probably that he, he just enjoyed playing a lot more than he does coaching, and so why not go back to playing? Especially since he's been coaching, and so therefore like your League of Legends brain and like your your meta brain and all that stuff is still there from from coaching. Like you're you're actively using your mind and using your, your, like I said, it's just game sense won't go away if you're still involved with competitive play and obviously coaching, that's not going to go anywhere. And so that's why I don't think there's any fear of him going back to any team. Now, I think most people are assuming that he'll go back to TSM, but the rumors did say, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, that he was looking at options LCS and LEC, if I'm not mistaken. And so I don't want to just go out there and just assume that he's going to TSM Although I think we have to throw out there that he does have ownership of TSM. Yeah, I think it's funny because it felt like we went through this exact uh, situation uh, just a couple of years ago when Bjergsen was a free agent. And I feel like a lot of the rumors were that, you know, he wanted to join 100 Thieves in North America or he wanted to go back to the LEC and join a team like Fnatic or join Rogue. And that was kind of like the rumors of Rogue were like before everyone knew that Larson was like one of the best mid laners in the league. And I felt like we had this whole situation play out before and it ended with Bjergsen getting part ownership in TSM. So to be honest, I think I'd be very surprised to see him go to any other team that's not TSM, especially because he can leverage the fact that he is a part owner into probably getting himself the best possible contract from TSM. Yeah. And that's what I would assume as well. Now, I guess he still could go to another team. You would just have to sell what, whatever stake you have in TSM. Obviously, uh, if for those that don't remember, there was a little bit of some issues with that with Cloud9, whereas I believe they gave it to, you can remind me, JNT, I think they gave some uh, equity to Jensen, Sneaky, and maybe another player. And then Jensen ended up playing for another team while he still had equity in Cloud9. Obviously, a conflict of interest there. Uh, and C9 got fined for that because you're not supposed to do that. Um, so I believe this time around, if Bjergsen, for whatever reason, decided to go to another team, he would have to get rid of, of, of his uh, stake in TSM. Now, I want to entertain the idea of other teams possibly going after Bjergsen, not because I think it's likely, but because there is always a chance. And so if you're Bjergsen, you've probably got to have a bunch of teams reaching out to you. Like, this is like the goat of North America here, guys. So let, let's remind everyone that just because he's been with TSM all the time doesn't mean that's the only team that's going to give him an offer. And where I would go with this first is to say, if you're Team Liquid or Cloud9, would you rather have Bjergsen than your Jensen or your Perks, JNT? Mm, it's hard to say because I think that question can be answered much easier right now than before because obviously Perks and Jensen didn't have the greatest splits in comparison to their history and what they're normally known for perks is you know one of he's the he's the best player uh, all time in the lec in terms of you know career and whatnot i would say and you know coming over to na he had a pretty successful first split and, and looked really really good uh, in playoffs when he finally did come online and you know played very very well and i think you know similar to jensen like this guy all time has either been the best or second best mid laner in the LCS ever since he joined pretty much. Maybe not his first split because that was kind of a weird split for Cloud9 if people can remember where they, they didn't make playoffs but still made worlds because of Gauntlet. 
but but these are two players who have always been atop uh, their role in their region, and I think both of them had their worst splits um, ever uh, very recently, this last split. So I think, you know, you could easily say, oh, yeah, you'd rather have Bjergsen because last time we saw Bjergsen, he was smurfing the whole league. But, you know, you got to also understand, like, Bjergsen is a player who will, one, kind of warp your whole team because he does have a very dynamic play style in terms of, I, I again, like, it does it's kind really of... It's really not selfish. It's really, he's not a yeah. selfish player by any means. He'll play whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he'll he'll play whatever, but he'll he wants to always, he wants to play some specific style. Like I feel like when you bring in Bjergsen, it's because you're gonna play Bjergsen's game and you're gonna design your team around him, as opposed to bringing him in and molding him into your team. Yeah, and, and I do want to point out something else that uh, a good buddy of ours, Borbo, in the live chat brings out is that well, obviously Bjergsen probably has some loyalty to TSM, and that's something we can't take out of the equation. And that's why I think you and I, I mean, stop me if I'm putting words in your mouth here, JNT, but that's why I think you and I would probably say that TSM is just a heavy favorite because this is the org that he knows, and this is the org that he's always been with for, I don't know, seven years now or something like that? Uh, it, maybe eight? I, I, it's been a long time. I think season three he came over, right? So, yeah, and I mean, that's also like part of, that's part of the reason why I would say that like Bjergsen will probably stay at TSM in the first place is because if his aspirations are to, you know, it, it's completely different. Like if his aspirations are to be on the most competitive team possible, I think it's likely that, you know, he's probably not going to stick with TSM and there will probably be options either in Europe or in North America where if he really kind of like takes a step back and looks at the big picture, will be a better spot competitively than TSM. But at the same time, if his goals are, you know, like loyalty or, you know, uh, whether it's financially, like be, be having that part ownership of TSM, like really can leverage your position to just get like the best contract available uh, in yeah. terms of, you know, what you want to accomplish. But you do kind of see these players who would rather, um, they would rather take less money to go to a competitive team um, than just, you know, take the paycheck, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the reason why I brought up Cloud9 and Team Liquid, again, I just need to be clear, it's not because I think that's what's going to happen. It's because those are the orgs that have money to spend. Um, maybe 100 Thieves has that kind of money to spend, but I don't think they would, uh, especially since they just spent Frabidage. And so I, I guess my thoughts are, if it's not TSM, I think it would be more likely to be in Europe. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I really don't see him going to any North American team that isn't that TSM. That is TSM, right. And, uh, you know, if he wanted to go to a, a region like Europe, well, I guess that would probably be the only other region he would go to. Um, I think, you know, the options are kind of wide open at this point. I think the only one that's really kind of eliminated is uh, Caps with G2. Right. Um, just because of how long his contract is and, you know, the player that he is. Sure, he had a bad year. That can happen to players, but he's probably still, you know, uh, with a relative time frame here, the best player in the LEC. Well, and he just re-signed, did he not? Yeah, he did. He just signed a right. one-year extension. And so that really would make even less sense. <laughs> I mean, unless you're looking for some sign-and-trade deal, but I, I think we're far, far, far from that to even get into those weeds. Uh, the other things that I want to talk about before we move on are what this means for other people. A lot of people, if you saw the tweets when this news broke from... Uh, the upcomer, I believe, is the website um, with Fion on fire. Uh, is people started adding Doublelift? Like, hey, you coming back too? I don't think so. Now, I don't know if Doublelift replied to this, so I'm sorry if I missed any replies or anything like that. Or I didn't even watch any of Doublelift streams. So if anybody's got any information that I don't know, please feel free to share. But to me, I think Doublelift seems more than happy to be doing his co streams. I think he loves just hanging out 
he still gets a shit ton of, of viewers even on just his regular streams let alone the co-streams i think he's happy just chilling honestly what do you think yeah, I think, you know, he's even said it himself that he does really enjoy the co-streaming aspect of his stream and that, you know, he did, you know, in terms of like actually playing the game, he said that he needed to take a bit of a break to sort of just like get a bit of a mental reset because NA Solo Q is, I don't even, we don't even have to go down that rabbit hole, but it's a bit of a joke. Um, especially he just said for... there's nothing that re it's not rewarding to him is what he said. He's yeah. like, if I'm rank one, who cares is what he said. Yeah. Which I agree. And... And I mean, you know, on the flip side to that, like one of the main things that a lot of veteran players will always talk about is that like once you've sort of lost that initial passion for the game, like it's more of a job, like you can kind of tell like that's that's what had happened with Double If. Like not to say that like he was like just cashing in or whatever, but it, w it was more a job to him than playing the game for enjoyment. Like one of the main examples that I like to use is Reckless would always talk about how Caps was like, he 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 loved to play the game because he loved like the small little parts of League of Legends, like his like the lore and like listening to champion quotes and whatnot. And as opposed to like a player like Reckless, who is strictly you know playing this game because he wants to win worlds and that's his one and only goal. And that doesn't mean that you know that makes you a bad player or less motivated than other players. It's just the kind of emotional attachment you feel within the game and kind of what drives you to be the best. And once you're at a point where you don't believe you can be the best or the team that you could be on will not be the best that motivation kind of goes away especially for those players who really only have international success in their sights well and another thing with doublelift as well is that when he retired like his last year was not that good in comparison to bjergsen was still one of the best i did not think doublelift was one of the best at the end of of uh his well in his last season no he TSM was and team liquid yeah, he, he was probably an average AD carry in the LCS, which is not what we know of Doublelift. And so I guess what I'm saying is if he were to even want to come back, I think he's got a lot of work to do. And I mentioned before how Bjergsen's been involved with the LCS still. Doublelift hasn't really been doing that. He's kind of just been chilling doing his co-streams, which is totally fine. But I think the comeback for Doublelift would be way more difficult. Um, the other The other last thing that was kind of obvious that like out of players that this impacts is Power of Evil now. Um, and for those that don't re uh, that don't remember, when Poe signed with TSM, one of the things that he wanted assured to him is that Bjergsen won't sub in and take his spot. Mm -hmm. And of course, that didn't happen at all this year. But there was no promise that Bjergsen wouldn't come out of retirement the next year. And while now Poe, you gotta assume, won't be with TSM I mean, again, not for sure, but probably not. And so now you might have Poe as one of the most valuable pieces going into the off season especially if Cloud9 wants to keep perks and if TL wants to keep Jensen, the, the big spenders aren't exactly there anymore. And so Power of Evil might have to go to a lower tier team again, as far as skill is concerned. And maybe, maybe the return to FlyQuest. I don't know. Or go back to Europe. Possibly. Who knows? If, Another I, if I was Power of Evil, considering like we just kind of outlined what the suitors would be in NA, like top teams... Mm -hmm. You would, you would think Cloud9 will stick with perks depending on World's performances. You would think TL is going to stick with Jensen. Well, TL will stick with Jensen because they re-signed his contract. Um, I would think that Jazuke kind of earned himself the job on Evil Geniuses yeah. for how well he played. Abadag is with 100 Thieves. So basically, outside of those teams, you're looking at either 6th or below for Power yeah. of Evil. And those are going to be your teams like Immortals, FlyQuest, Dignitas, CLG... Like, I, I think I, I might... Think he's, 
I think I might so, go back to Europe and join like a, an SK or something and like actually have a chance. But who's to say for sure that he's even going to get an offer from those teams, right? Because there's all there's there's questions of affordability when it comes to some of the European teams. Maybe they don't want to spend. Maybe like if you think about what it costs to sign Poe, I'm sure it's not super expensive. It's not perks levels, but I I bet you it's not super cheap either and maybe it's just way more valuable for a team like sk to not spend on poe and just bring in somebody that they uh or not even just sk any uh up-and-coming rookie from from the lec because yeah let's be honest eu master spits out a lot of talent oh they so do. maybe there's maybe there's no uh answer for poe to go to to the lec and my thoughts were that like you said pretty much all those teams outside of dig i don't think dig would would spend for them but i think clg Immortal. Well, he was already there. Would maybe, he, well, he's been with CLG. He, well, technically, yeah. he's been with all three of them. If you want to count Immortals as Optic, yeah. um, but who knows if Immortals is willing to is willing to spend because they just did a whole uh, what's what's the term? Um, I forgot to mention Golden rebuild. Guardians as well. Rebuild. Yeah, I'm not counting on them spending. Ever. No, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of realized I, I that. Like that doesn't mean that they won't spend ever. I'm just not counting on it because the one year that we thought they had a chance to spend. They obviously couldn't because of COVID and blah, blah, blah. We, I mean, we've heard that story a million times. We don't need to go into that. Uh, I just don't think that's happening anytime soon. What I will say um, is that I don't think Power of Evil's value has increased since last year, where he was on FlyQuest, did look really good, went to Worlds, did look really good. And then I still will maintain the position that Power of Evil was the worst performing player on TSM. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. I, I still think... I, I that doesn't even mean that I think he was great, but I don't think he was the worst. I don't think he was. I, I'm not I, saying he was bad. I'm just that's that's getting a little bit into the weeds. That uh, I think yeah. we can have that. Well, gotta, we got to stop talking about TSM. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shout out my TSM legends hard on because they lost. Yeah, did you? You I didn't watch it shit. yet, or did you? No, I did. It? I love that shit. I, I actually thought it was really good. You know what was really no, it was good. I, I actually thought like speak it like it was good like to see the whole speaker thing and it was, yeah, yeah I liked and it. I, I liked it too and I don't want to get too far into it, but what I one thing that stood out to me was Bjergsen saying to his team, like guys, as long as we're starting fights again, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, We want to be the ones to start fights, and I'm like, Yes, that's right. How come we never see that then? <laughs> like Bjergsen is telling them what you think they should hear, because in my opinion. TSM was not very proactive, as I've said many times. Despite the fact that I've heard people say TSM is proactive, I just think that's nonsense. And so you're hearing Bjergsen say to them in the middle of their series in, in TSM Legends, he's saying, like, guys, we need to be the ones to start the fights. I'm like, yes. And they're just not finding any fights. So I was like, wow. So clearly they know what they need to be doing. They just weren't able to do it. And that was something that stood out to me in, in TSM Legends. Um, anything else, JNT, on the whole Bjergsen news? Uh, final prediction, Bjergsen to TSM, Power of Evil to SK. Interesting. I think... I, I just think like SK. I, I would like him to go on SK. I don't know. I mean, I like SK too. I just, I don't know. I don't know how willing or not willing they would be to spend, right? That's where my, I don't have that, uh, an idea of how, what teams are willing to spend in Europe. Whereas I kind of have an idea in North America. Um, I think FlyQuest is desperate enough that they'll want him back just because of, I mean, you went to Worlds one year and then you just had one of the worst possible years you could have the, the next. I think if you want to continue to grow that FlyQuest brand like they were doing, I think you're, you would bring him back. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict POE goes back to FlyQuest, but who the hell knows? For for his sake, I hope that God he doesn't go to CLG. 
I think we all can agree with that. <laughs> I would say the same thing about FlyQuest, but... <laughs> uh, I don't know. FlyQuest has had some success. I, I don't, they're a bit I don't of a, think you They're a bit compare... of a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, but I think that could happen to any team. CLG's been a dumpster fire for, like, years now. So this I, is true. I, I, don't, I, I think it's a little different, but I, I can see the parallels there. Um, before we move on, we're going to get into some Worlds update stuff, and then we're going to do a Worlds tier list. Before we move on, I do want to mention, I mentioned it at the top of the show, um, as far as our scheduling for, for Worlds, guys, it is very everywhere, and it is always subject to change. Just be aware that we will let you know at the end of this episode, because it's too long to get into now. I'm going to let you guys know at the end. Um, so stay tuned for that if you're interested in knowing when the hell we're doing our stream. Okay, let's do the Worlds update thing. Yep. Uh, started off, JNT. What's first on the world's update? Yeah. Well, uh, now that all the regional leagues have concluded, we got all of our world's teams, and like we said, we're gonna get into a little bit of a world's tier list. But we do have some world's quick news. If that makes any sense, I just thought of that right now. It works. We're going with it. First up, <laughs> uh, Riot did confirm. Uh, although we all we everyone knew that uh, worlds was gonna be held in Iceland again. After the whole switch from China back to Europe and then the success of MSI, they did confirm that Worlds is going to be in the same location as last time. So I presume it's going to be the whole same setup and everything, but probably with new graphics, new colors and everything like that. It'll look really good because MSI did look really, really good. I love the whole green and black color scheme. thought that was super, super cool. Yeah. I would think off the top of my head, you know, obviously Worlds, they kind of roll with this black and blue theme. And I would assume they'll probably do something to contrast a little bit with like the Valorant worlds that's going on right now, or like the Valorant major. Cause I think, I don't, I mean, I don't watch that much Valorant, but it's kind of like purple and red type stuff that they got going on. Yeah. I don't watch it at all. Okay. If I'm being completely honest. The, so you mentioned that like, you think it'll be a success. And I would say, I hope it's a success. And the reason why, so if the whole time they planned on doing it in Iceland and they knew where their venue was going to be and all that stuff, I wouldn't worry at all because, like you said, they had such a success with MSI. Even Last Worlds was great, uh, considering that they had to do quarantine and all that stuff. My worry is, like, this pivot, as they call it, is so, like, last second, like, a month or, or two out from your event, you pivot your whole event to a whole other continent. That's where I'm a little bit worried. Um, and I won't fault them if there's some some issues that they have, but... Clearly, they even had to push back the start of Worlds because I think, and stop me if I'm wrong with this, but I think they started in September last year, right? Playing started in September? Yeah, but they've also kind of crunched the schedule a little bit. So maybe, maybe yeah. that's the case, maybe not. This year, they're starting in early October. They're starting a week or two later. And yeah. I mean, again, I don't fault them for that, but I just, that's why I'm a little bit worried. I think they got to push things back just so they can get all this stuff ready. I'm so not an expert as far as setting up a massive event like Worlds that like, I can't even pretend to know what they're going through right now. And so, yeah, I mean, who knows? Hope for the best, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, next up, uh, Unified. PSG Talons starting AD Carey, who wasn't able to travel with the team to MSI, um, is medically cleared to travel to Worlds because previously I think he had a lung issue, and that's why one of the reasons uh, why he wasn't competing at MSI in the first place, he wasn't able to travel. So they, at the time, were using Beyond Gaming AD Carey Doggo as like an emergency replacement. And I feel like a bunch of times now we've seen like PCS teams like been approved for emergency replacements because we had that with Doggo and MSI. Yeah. We had that with PSG Talon last year as well when uh, 
their starting uh, mid jungle river and tank were uh, couldn't go. I think it was because of a visa situation, and they had to get a. Uh, they remember. ended up getting there by at some point though, didn't they? Didn't one of them join like yeah, the tournament? Yeah, it, it was yeah. They joined like after plans and for the main stage, and they had a yes. uh, Kyungyue okay. and somebody else from yeah yeah yeah. Was Uniboy on that team? Am I nope. mixing up? You're thinking of Unified, who was the AD carry at that time. Okay. Anyways, I, I this is sort of I'm, I'm remembering some of this. I remember that uh, someone joined mid tournament, and that was yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was their jungler river, I think, or maybe it was okay. their mid laner tank. I, I don't remember, but yeah, who the hell knows? Unified's playing, and for for the most part, from what I've heard uh, out of like the PCS, like he's supposed to be the best player in the league, or if not, like the second best player in the league. So. I guess that's good for them. Okay. And what else we got? Uh, next up, uh, the draw show, uh, which is normally, I think, supposed to happen around this time. I've seen no news about that at all, and it does feel like nobody really knows when it's going to happen because I did some like extensive looking to try to find out when it was going to be. So like you said, maybe they, uh, they're, they're on the ropes a little bit here certainly would yeah exactly like they they're they're probably trying to cram a bunch of stuff and get a bunch of stuff done they the last year they came out with a whole video about how the world's groups were going to work and all this stuff i'm sure that's going to be released soon as well as uh, as well as what the pooling system is going to look like is is it official that rogue got pushed is that like official yeah. or is that like a rumor mm -hmm. that's official. okay so so that's something that they've got as well and so uh, they're figuring stuff out i did see on leaguepedia that the pools they say that nothing is official yet on Leaguepedia anyways, for what that's worth. So we'll have to see if they decide. My guess is they'll just go to what they did last year. Last year worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. I don't see why you would change uh, from what you did last year, considering it's all the same regions that are going and same number of seeds, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's how that's going to work, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, so kind of just to piggyback off of that, uh, we did get an update from the VCS. They kind of made a, like an official statement. I want to say like just over a week ago, or, or they basically just said, um, you know, the VCS is unable to compete in worlds 22, 2021 because you know, they're still pretty heavy on the COVID restrictions over there. So the teams, they just can't travel to worlds. And if people didn't know, they didn't actually have a summer split in the VCS. Like there was no summer split. They didn't play yeah, any games. So who the hell knows who would have qualified? You don't, you can't, you can't qualify if there's no games. Yeah, and I there was a Reddit post that uh, Levi put out. Uh, if you don't know who Levi is, he's uh, on Gigabyte Marines, and it was he's a, I would say one of the most famous players in the VCS. He kind of like he was on the first Gigabytes Gigabyte Marines roster that kind of like put them on the map back in season seven at MSI and then at Worlds, uh, 2017. But he basically just put out this Reddit post saying like it kind of sucks to like continue to try hard and play solo queue for like three months when there's no split going on and there's no word whether or not there is going to be one or even if you can make worlds because gigamite marines at the time were like one of the favorites to to attend uh worlds and so it kind of sucks for all the players and whatnot that they're not able to attend and kind of all their hard work was for nothing pretty much but i mean honestly, that just sucked if yeah. you're a fan okay if you're a fan of the vcs not only are you disappointed that they're not going to worlds but like they've had to cancel splits and stuff like that like people think it's the lcs is having a rough time right now and the lcs is because viewership is like slowly falling off and whatnot i imagine to restart up the vcs is probably going to be really difficult after not doing a full split not going to worlds like that's just that's how you take air out of your tires right there. Like that just sucks. 
Yeah, and, and at the same time, like I kind of said this in the past, like after Worlds 2020 happened and then after MSI happened, like while I do think that the system that was in place last year was a good system in terms of the adjusted play-in format where they split it into two groups of five teams instead of four groups of three teams, and then they kind of elevated one of the play-in teams to a main stage team, it kind of like ended up working out. But I still am kind of like disappointed that there was no backup plan in place because with there being no VCS summer split, like we knew that there was no, like no summer split was going on, like back when summer split started in June. And I feel like if Riot, if, if they would have wanted to, they could have made some sort of amendment to include more teams from other regions, because it feels like from the community standpoint, like that's what would, that's what people would have preferred. So maybe we'll get some note, like some note from Riot, if that was an option they even considered, or if they just knew from the get-go that they were just going to use the same system last year should the VCS not be able to compete. But I would be pretty disappointed if Riot never even gave that any consideration to kind of adjust the format should the VCS not be able to compete without just like copy-pasting the same thing from last year. Because in my opinion, it felt like it was just a bit of a happy accident the way that last year kind of worked out with the groups and whatnot you yeah. yeah um also if anyone like you mentioned that we didn't see any news about when the uh the group draw thing is but if anyone I, has seen something i am let us know. I, it's just like I, I was looking at it for like 30 minutes like i found nothing yeah i scrolled through all of reddit over the last month like i was saying like, i don't freaking know there's been no no news on it as far as i know but if anyone sees anything like that let us know and we'll probably talk about that in our next episode if they do it before then mm -hmm. so hopefully that happens uh anything before we get into the world's tier list no i think we'll we'll get into Let's those get into yeah i wanted to see yours i saw it for like a split second before but i didn't get to catch ah okay i saw before the only thing that i saw is that you only had two teams in the s plus tier list and then it mm. disappeared mm. so i couldn't see it so what, um, do you, what do you think is the easiest way to go about this do you want to go just by group or do you want to go by region or do you want to like Let's do let's do uh, tier by tier because for our listeners that can't see it, I think it'll be way too much to digest if I were to just list off your whole tier list and then you were to list off all of mine. Okay. Um, so I think we should just go tier by tier. Should we start from the bottom and work our way up? Yeah, I think it makes it a bit easier. Okay, so uh, for me, I pretty much had all of the wildcard teams <laughs> at the bottom if I didn't know anything about them. Uh, so I had Infinity, Unicorns of Love, Red Canids? I, am I saying that right? I don't know who this team is. I don't even know what the other one is. I can't even, the logo's too small for even read. And then I know that that dragon thing is the Australian team. Yeah. I think it's Peace? Is I think, peace? yes, it's Peace. Anyways, guys, I'm saying I don't know anything about these teams, except I, I guess we did see UOL and Infinity at MSI. Nothing too impressive for me to not put them in F tier. The other ones I just know nothing about, and so I put them in F tier. Yeah. Uh, for me, I had, well, I guess, uh, did you say that you didn't put Detonation Focus Me? That was the only plan no. team? Okay, so. Right, I did not yeah. put them there. So, for me, I had every single uh, minor region slash emerging region uh, team in there. Uh, definitely did consider not having Detonation Focus Me in there and bumping them up a tier. But it, it just feels like, compared to the rest of the talent across the board everywhere, like, if there was like a E tier, I'd have them in E by themselves because I think they're probably the best play-in team out of all the play-in teams listed. 
but not to like put them equivalent with any other teams. Like they would be in their own E tier, but who the hell says like there's no there's no E. It goes S A B C D F. Like there's no E, so sorry. You're an F. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess so. Um so I guess we should just hop up to the D tier then. I did put Detonation Focus Me uh in the D tier. I put them along with Cloud9. Now, um, the reason why I put DFM above is because of what we saw at MSI. They were the one of those teams that actually looked decent as far as uh, in, in the pool of the other teams that we put in F. They just stood out to me as being better than the than those. And so I think I had to push them up one. And because Cloud9 was the only other team that I had in D tier, it was like, well, are they on Cloud9's tier? Maybe, maybe not, but they I think they're them. definitely above the tier. They're definitely above the tier of of all the other uh, yeah, all the other teams that we just mentioned in F, and so that's why I put them in D. I think that they were actually having good games against teams like Cloud Nine, like Damn One, and, and like those are teams that if you can beat them, you're not an F tier. Yeah, I mean you're right. They they did put up good showings in their two games against Damn One. Didn't actually pull out a win against them, but but you know kind of pushed them to their limit. Um, yeah. They did end up taking win off Cloud9, but, you know, they did also lose to Infinity. So it kind of, like, ruined yeah. their their little mini miracle run at MSI. And it, it's just, like, I don't know. It, it's hard to see. I feel like we will get a pretty clear picture of what level this team is at in the playing stage. Because, like, for example, if, if team were to, like, just smash their way through playing stage, then I would really have no problem with bumping them up a tier. But just with not seeing them play um, at all, them also you know not really i mean i they they put up a good showing in terms of performance up against at msi but like they never really like finished the job you know what i mean mm -hmm. so okay do you want to talk about cloud nine now or do you want to wait until c tier for you we can talk about c9 now so actually I you know actually cannot... hold on we shouldn't because i feel like it'll make a lot more sense for uh, no let's not okay sorry okay so who do you want to talk about right now then do you want to go with beyond gaming who have you got in d yeah so i have beyond gaming in my d tier you have mm -hmm. them in your b tier yes and now, go ahead okay well actually you go ahead because i'm going to counter what you're going to say because i think i know what you're going to say yeah the, the i mean there's not much to say here i haven't watched the region and I'm going to be clear about this, guys. The The only thing that I could go off of the PCS is based off what we saw at MSI. And that's where uh, PSG Talon actually looked like a good team. And so my judgment of Beyond Gaming is not from watching them play. I need you guys to know that. I don't want to pretend to know how good or not good this team is. All I know is that they took PSG to five games twice at the end of summer. And so for me, I had to put them just one tier below PSG. And all of my PSG knowledge is strictly from MSI. So I, I thought if they take them to five games twice, and I think they beat them the one time. Actually, yeah, they did. They can't be that different is how I looked at it. And so that's why I, I actually put Beyond Gaming up in B. But you put them all the way down in D. Yes. And while I think your argument is a completely fair argument, I kind of went, since I didn't really know the team that well, other than their AD carry Doggo, who I think is actually very, very good from seeing him at MSI, my main reasoning for putting them in D is more based on like the history of the LMS slash PCS at Worlds. Because, you know, from what we know of PSG Town, they've been a very, very dominant team within the PCS. And that's no story in the LMS because before it became the PCS, it was the LMS. Pretty much you had two teams that dominated the whole league the entirety of its existence, which were AHQ in the early days of like Westor and 
I don't know what that other guy's name was, their top laner, but he was a pretty prolific guy. And then uh, Flash Wolves after that. And those were pretty much always like, basically how the PCS has played out within the last year and a half is how the LMS always played out where one team would beat everybody else and there'd be that second team that could kind of contend with them but never really got over that hump. And just to like bring up some history right here, in the last five world championships, I know like this isn't like obviously then is not now and I totally understand that. But in Worlds 20, World 2016, both LMS teams didn't get out. In Worlds 2017, the team in play-ins didn't get out, and both main stage teams didn't get out of groups. In Worlds 2018, all three teams didn't make it out of groups. Worlds 2019, all three teams didn't make it out of groups. And in Worlds 2020, both teams didn't make it out of groups. And in the majority of these cases, the number two seed out of this region was often going, ZZ Tai, yes, thank you. That guy's a beast. Um, and often, more often than not, the number two seed from the LMS slash PCS was always going one and five or zero and six. So, like I said, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about this team, but based on history, with the number one team from that region, will usually always overperform and beat everybody. And the second team can kind of get close, and you think like, oh, maybe there's some competition at Worlds. It just history says that they're not going to be that good. So wait, then why is PSG all the way up in A? Their their number one seed does well. You're saying? Yeah. I see, but. We know that they took them to five games twice. I mean, we did, and that's happened before, like many, many times in the whole AHQ Flash Wolves thing. Like when AHQ was popping off, Flash Wolves would be right behind them, almost beat them, and then when Flash Wolves became the dominant team, like AHQ was right behind, almost beat them, but yeah. then that second team would never show up. I think we can both agree that we don't really know much about this team, and so I don't think either one of us wants to pretend that we are experts on them. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I what can yeah. I say? sure yeah like again i i like you're fine i don't even think i can name any other player on this team that's not doggo but i cannot so there you go uh let's move on to c tier then right yeah and then we'll do our we'll we'll mix in our cloud nine talking here as well so okay so well let's start with cloud nine then because you've got them in the c tier like i said before i have them in the d tier now your C tier for for those wondering JNT's C tier it looks like this it's Cloud9 Team Liquid N100 Thieves so it's all the North American teams. So are you telling me JNT that despite what we've seen in summer and despite what we've seen in playoffs you still think they're on the same level as the other two North American teams? Yes. Okay, tell me why. Well, I just feel like the way that the playoffs happened it was just whatever team played better on that day won. And that's not like something that's surprising that's at all. Like you, what it you, always is. Well, I know, but it, but would you also not agree with like if any team could be any team? Like, you know, like I think I think any team in the five. That's a vague statement. Oh, it's a vague statement, any but team I think can beat any team. But should they? I wouldn't say that. I didn't. I wouldn't say Cloud Nine should beat Team Liquid or One Hundred Thieves. I would say One Hundred Thieves and Team Liquid should beat Cloud Nine, based of what we've seen for the last three or four months. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have too much to say other than that. For me, I just think NA is kind of in its own area where they're better than all the bad teams, but they're bad teams being uh, playing teams, but they're not as good as the rest of the world. And it's just hard for me to put any of them above any EU, LCK, LPL teams or put them below any other playing teams. And I just think that the way that they like, I mean, yeah, obviously I think most people will say like, yeah, Cloud9 did look like shit. I don't know. I don't think they looked as shit as most people say in that 100 Thieves series because they should have won three out of the four of those games if they don't make these, like, if Zen doesn't get caught out twice. Like, I, I think they probably win that series. 
Um, I think and, people that have been sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I just mean I, I just think I think the finals weekend could have played out any number of ways with any team being one, two, or three, and I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Yeah, I, I still say that I would have been surprised with Cloud9 winning just with how bad they looked. Um, people that have listened to our show know exactly what I'm going to say, and so it's like, ugh. I hate repeating myself, but here we go. Um, yeah, I don't think Cloud9's a good team. Yes, they can look good, and blah, 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 and they have this high ceiling, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I've said it a million times, like, yes, they can, but they haven't. They just haven't. They've looked bad for, like, three months now. They've had a couple of good games. Uh, not enough for me to, to put them on the same level as 100 Thieves and Team Liquid. To me, if they were to face off against those teams, I think that 100 Thieves and Team Liquid are definitely favorites against Cloud9 until we see otherwise. Yes, I know that Cloud9 has a high ceiling. I'm not denying that. But from what I've seen, there's just no way in hell I personally could put them in the same tier. Sorry for repeating myself. I feel like people listening to us are going to be like, man, Blue Jay says this every fucking week. But that's my thoughts. And so I, I couldn't put them in the C tier. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I will kind of like reiterate a little bit. I feel like if there were more T, like I don't want to say if there were more tiers because if there were more tiers, like we should just rank them like one through 22. But like, I do think like if there were a few more tiers, I think the only team, like the only NA team that I would separate above the others would be to put 100 thieves ahead of the other two. Hmm. Wait, what? Now, wait, you think 100 thieves is better than Team Liquid and Cloud9? I said, well, if I had to, if I had to remove one team away from the group, I would move 100 thieves up one. Yes. So uh, that's not surprising because I think you're wrong. That's surprising because I just thought that you, I don't know, you've been pretty vocal that you didn't really think 100 thieves was that good of a team from what we did in our last episode. So that's why I'm a little bit well, surprised. It's it's more that, like, I mean, I'm kind of giving, like, I think in the majority of scenarios we're kind of giving a lot of these teams the benefit of the doubt like we're not going into world saying oh yeah this team is going to be absolute dog shit not do anything like we're always, we're thinking that all these teams are going to come in with some level of you know success and from what we've seen like 100 thieves plays well they're actually a really good team but what i would say is they often in the majority of the summer split did not play well after the first three weeks of the regular season big drop off well, not big drop off but continual drop off to then playoffs where they actually played very well towards the end i'm just like I said, my whole my reservations about 100 Thieves were because they looked so good at that time and we hadn't seen that since then. But even if you were to like take 100 Thieves at 75% of what they played in the finals, I think they're still really good. So a good question in the live chat that I, I want to address because someone says, have you guys taken into account the meta shift? And we haven't done that yet because I don't believe... First of all, the meta continues to shift all the time. Like We don't see it right now. But the meta is probably shifting in scrims as we speak, and we don't have any information on the scrims happening right now. Maybe Dom and LS have that kind of information. We don't. Um, so for me, I did not take into account meta. I've taken into account what I've seen uh, from the last time I've seen uh, the teams play. And so with the PCS, for example, the last time I saw them play was MSI. So the PCS teams on here, it's like, okay, what did I see at MSI? That's how I'm um, ranking them. And then last time I saw the North American teams were just like two, three weeks ago. And so mostly going off of that. So just to be clear, and I appreciate the uh, question in the live chat. Yeah, um, well, what I would say to that is like, guys like dom and ls can do that like they can predict what they think the meta will be we have no idea yeah. what the meta would be like what what you could say the meta might be at worlds will be some version of this meta 
including the patch uh, 11.18 changes and 11.19 changes. Like we can predict what's going to happen. Like, but we have no like we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not, gonna, I'm, not to, I'm not gonna compare teams to what we perceive the meta is going to be until we actually see some form of meta in plans. Like, I think we can get a very accurate picture of what the meta will look like with plans, specifically with the, the you know, the respective champions. Like, um, again, complete hypothetical. But if you know, if this meta in plans completely turns into like super supportive tank junglers, you, I think you're definitely gonna, you know, increase, you know those teams who have really good macro level junglers on their team, like, play, I don't know, players like Tarzan, players like Canyon, like those are players who I think would benefit much more from that sort of supportive macro style jungle. But if we're going to have like a complete hard farm carry sort of jungle meta, like we saw at Worlds 2020, you're definitely going to, you know, put those higher up players, like your Inspireds, uh, your, uh, who else I'm trying to think of, your Ways from RNG, uh, your TNs from FPX, like they like. There's a whole bunch of different number of ways that this can go, and I feel like yeah. trying to predict the meta is just like another layer on like some shit that we have no clue what's gonna happen. Yeah, I think it would be way too much guessing. Yeah. Um, if we were going meta based, so but yeah. Anyways, appreciate the question. Um, but it's fair so point. I mentioned I mentioned what JNT's C tier was. I just wanted to mention what mine is. So I had 100 Thieves, Team Liquid, and Hanwa Life. Um, so let's continue. Let's finish talking about the North American teams. Uh, did you have anything else on on uh, 100 Thieves or TL, JNT? Because we talked a little bit about Cloud9. Uh, anything specific on those two North American teams that you wanted to to say? Yeah, I mean, and if we're if we're gonna talk about like uh, if we're gonna talk about how great 100 Thieves played in Finals Weekend, and that's why they're you know going in as any number one, like we also got to, and we also did talk about how Line has been underperforming. Got to talk about how awful Team Liquid played in the finals, and I don't think we're expecting to see that version of Team Liquid at Worlds. No. And we're expecting some some consistency out of them from their star players like Alfari, like Jensen, like Core JJ. Worlds 2020 for Team Liquid for me is probably going to be about you know how uh, tactical and Santorin can kind of stand up to the rest of the pack because I think we're especially at this Worlds we're going to have a lot of really really good 80 carries. Like just to throw some names off the top of the head, like we're going to have guys like Teddy and Gumiyushi. We have guys like Karzi, we have guys like Unified, we have guys like Ruler, we have guys like Deft, we have guys like Upset, we have guys like Hansama, like, there are so many the good 80s, and yeah. that's not even like, like, dude, like, F, like, oh my god, like, there's so many, ama like, I think 80 carry is, like, probably one of the strongest groups at Worlds in terms of, like, just straight up, like, players, in terms of how many good ones there are, and my main worry for Team Liquid is gonna be tactical, and, you know, I, but I think... For the rest of the TL roster, like we're expecting them to come in more of what their later form in summer looked like. They're like their week eight, week nine, early playoffs than just the shit show that they put out in the finals. Yeah, and, and I think that if you're a Team Liquid fan, you should be worried about what you saw in finals. However, that is not the end of the world because I do want to remind people that Team Liquid looked good for most of playoffs. Yes, they stumbled at the end. And yes, that's something to be concerned about. But it is not, to me, it's not nearly as bad as what we saw out of Cloud9. So I'm not as worried for Team Liquid. I still think that they have a good team top to bottom. Um, so I, I still think that they're a good North American team. And if you're a good North American team, you're usually going to come in on this tier list around C. If they played well in finals, Team Liquid, and they won, I, there's a good chance I would have had them in the B tier. But uh, probably not. I, I, I don't think I can do that with just how bad they looked in a series that obviously mattered a lot. Because, I mean, sometimes pressure gets to people. I don't know if that's what happened here, but we do know that they didn't look look good in their final series. And so I just, I couldn't bump them up to a B. 
Yeah, they looked uh, pretty bad. Yeah, I, though, I, I could see the argument if they would have won. Like, even if they didn't even look that good, but if they just won, like, they might be B. Well, and what's interesting is that I, when I was doing this tier list, first of all, I looked at this thing for a long time and I kept moving a bunch of shit around, but I kept thinking, like, would I put 100 Thieves as a better team than Team Liquid? And I, I kept going back and forth on yes and no, yes and no. I still don't know. Um, and so obviously 100 Thieves goes in the same tier with them. If, if I can't keep, can't keep up my, or make up my mind rather on which team I think is better. Let's, let's remind people of how much of a beast closer was in these playoffs, man. This guy was absolutely smurfing. Yeah. Um, and so there, there could be the argument that they should be in B tier. I'm not there yet because we saw some inconsistency towards the end of summer split, but 100 Thieves looked really, really good at the end of playoffs and closer looked like an absolute smurf man he looked so fucking good um so but I, I wouldn't is be upset nerfed, i wouldn't so. be upset i mean still he looked good all, all split he long. his he lee sin good was on, also really good his lee sin was amazing his diana's good his olaf is good so uh, i'm not worried about uh champ pool as far as uh closers concerned and the viego being nerfed if i saw someone put 100 thieves in the b tier i don't think i would be upset i wouldn't agree with it but i wouldn't be upset i'd, I'd probably say okay i could see that so mm -hmm. And then the last team in the C tier uh, for me is Hanma Life. Now they had they looked really good towards the end, but for me the, the the reason why I struggle so much with this team is like, okay guys they have Chovy. A lot of people are still saying Chovy's the best mid laner in the world. Um, that could be argued because he did look he actually did struggle a little bit. But some people are saying, well, when you're on a bad team, it's hard to look good. And that's true. But then there's also like his CS numbers are always insane. I don't know. This guy just doesn't miss any farm and is always, well, styling on people because he's just outlining them. So I can't forget that. But I also can't forget that they did not look good for a lot of summer. Like this team hasn't really looked good most of this year. And so I had a really hard time with Hanmo Life as well. Um, they weren't that bad in had, spring. I had were, to put them were... in C. Yeah. Um, as most people know, I'm a big, I'm a big Hamal Life guy. Um, yeah, Chovy is basically, Chovy's basically playing like Showmaker was in late 2020, early 2021, where he doesn't miss CS. Uh, he just like hits every skill shot and his laning is just like completely flawless. And that's pretty much what he did. Um, I watched, I would say 75% of Hamal Life's games throughout the year. Um, maybe not, not the full VODs, but a lot of, you know, highlights and what was going on. I, although I did watch all of their VODs from their week nine of LCK and all their gauntlet. And look, they look really, really good. The, the main problem for Hama Life for the majority of the split was they were never really able to decide on what jungler they were going with and kind of what top laner they were going with. But they've really kind of settled on Morgan and Willer. Willer was like a very late acquisition for them. I, I don't know if he was exactly brought up from their trainee squad or anything like that or if they just brought him in. But... You know, this guy is also a guy who has really started to perform on a lot of these carry junglers like the Viego, like the Diana. You know, he, he's been looking very good. Morgan is also looking really, really good. One thing that we're seeing in the LCK that we're not seeing elsewhere is Kennen. And he's kind of like, he's been spamming a lot of Kennen in like pro games. And uh, we saw a little bit of Kennen in other regions. Did we see it in Europe? Now I'm trying to remember no, where I, I saw think so. Kennen. I don't remember seeing Kennen ever I in the I thought Odawamne played it. Maybe, maybe one game. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, I love to see some Kennen, so yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with seeing Kennen. The other thing, did I, maybe you mentioned it. Did I miss you mentioning Deft? Because he had a pretty good playoff. Well, I haven't mentioned him yet, but yeah, oh, Deft is my bad. Deft has been playing really, 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 really well. 
yeah, but it, it does feel like Han was like finally settled on their roster with Morgan and Willer as like their starting junglers. And, you know, Jovi's really good, obviously. And then, as Blue Jay just mentioned, Deft feels like he's back to being Deft again. Yeah, he's looked pretty good as of late. Another mm-hmm. reason why this was really difficult to put them somewhere. Now, I think we should transition to the B tier because you had them in the B tier, right? So why don't you mm-hmm. list off your B tier for our listeners? So for my B tier, as just mentioned, I have Hama Life, LNG, Fnatic, and Rogue. And me, I had Fnatic, Rogue, Beyond Gaming, and LNG. Now, we don't need to talk about Beyond Gaming. We already talked about them. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? Um, I think we'll go LNG first quickly because I feel okay. like this is the team from all of the major regions that both of us know the least about. Yes. Um, uh, well, yeah. other than not... the other than the obvious thing that uh, Tarzan is really really good. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and pretend uh, like, dude, how cringe is that? I gotta okay, correct myself. Is, gonna... I, I really gotta what? correct myself because I said Tarzan and not Tarzan. Yeah, I caught that earlier. I was going to let it slide. (laughs) No, no, I I just, I just, I really had to correct myself there. I knew who you meant. Um, Yeah. Anyways, what I was going to say is it it actually drives me nuts when, when people pretend to know what they're talking about when they haven't watched anything that shit drives me nuts. And so we are not going to do that to you guys. I've watched maybe one or two games of, of LNG this year, not enough to have an informed opinion. So it's kind of a guess for the LNG, and that's why I put them in B. I'm not going to sit here and waste your guys' time with a bunch of analysis that I don't know anything about. Yeah, uh, same thing for not me. It's happen. it's more kind of just following the overall perception of how people are viewing this team and that they are really good because they did have a very strong summer playoffs run. I'm not saying that because I watched the game. I'm just saying that because that's what I saw when I was checking the, you know, the LPL schedule and uh, results and whatnot. But uh, I think... Uh, Tarzan Tarzan is expected to be a very, you know, key person for this team at Worlds. Feels like they're probably going to live and die by him, I would assume. Uh, So we hope that the meta is good for Tarzan. Yeah, Tarzan. Whatever, Tarzan. (laughs) No, it's Tarzan. It's it's Tarzan, I promise. I'm just fucking. No, it is. Okay, Okay. Uh, let's go Rogue and Fnatic now. Where do you want to start there? Um... Yeah, it's just very interesting because these two teams played each other in the quote-unquote semifinals of LEC playoffs. It's not really semifinals. It's like losers finals, but yeah, uh, it did like a second, third kind of thing. Yeah, right? it did feel like Rogue kind of fell off super hard during playoffs because I think people expected this team to be the favorite going into playoffs, either them or Mad Lions. I would say I think G two was like starting to get there because they had a really good back half of the split. Um, and people were thinking, oh, maybe GG's back. Maybe they're going to be good. But, like, the more safe option, I think, was Rogue. And they didn't look very good in their last two series to end playoffs against Mad Lions and then against Fnatic. But it really is hard to count out Rogue and, like, say they're a bad team after... Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you like, can't. they dominated the regular seasons in both spring and summer. They should have won spring finals against Mad Lions if they don't, like, get reverse sweep. i know but, but yeah. like it's just hard to ignore like the body of work that they had apart from three series where they just looked awful well not and they didn't even look awful in one of them they just had a massive throw but did look really bad against uh in summer against mad lines and against Fnatic. and on the flip side with Fnatic, like they didn't look like that solid either in spring split no. the whole the, the rolls the whipple roll swap adam came in they started they they popped off early on and then they like hit this big dip in the middle of the season and started turning it turned it on towards the end and then made like the miracle lower bracket run. So I feel like it's really hard to judge these two teams because 
you know, who knows? Like, maybe it's kind of like any situation. Like, we play the series again, and Rogue just 3-0s them. And, like, like mm. I want to start with Rogue for me because I still am not giving up on this team. So, as you mentioned, they should have won Spring. To me, I said this at, at and during, or before, rather, and during MSI that I thought Rogue was the best team in Europe. And I still think that was the case at that time. I don't anymore because they looked a little bit worse. But I'm not giving up on this team. I still think they're too fucking good, man. I think Inspired, Larson, and Han Sama are just absolute beasts. And that's nothing against Trimby or Oduamne. I just think that those three players are at the top of the role in that league. And they've the had top some... of the role? You think those three players are the best three players in their role? Uh, Maybe. I, uh, towards the top is what, I, is what I'm trying okay. to say. I, um, but anyways, they're there. They're in the conversation for sure. No doubt. Um, they're absolutely insane. Um, so that's why I can't, I, I couldn't put them below Fnatic, even though they lost to Fnatic. And I actually wanted to put them in A, but I couldn't do it just because of how, how they've looked lately. It's like the same kind of argument with Cloud9. Cloud9 has not looked good lately, so I couldn't put Cloud9 above D. Same thing goes for Rogue here, but I have a little bit more faith in Rogue because I think that they've just looked, well, I don't know, they've just looked better straight up. And I think they just have the star power um, in those roles. Um, yeah, anyways, I still think that this team is better than Fnatic. I might eat my words on that a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This team's good. I still think this team even has a chance to win Worlds. I'll go out and say that. That is a bit of a statement there. Yeah, I know. That's probably a hot take, but... That I, is a burning hot take, I would say. I don't have them as a favorite. I do not, but I, uh, I definitely won't be surprised if we see Rogue there at the end because I still think this team's really fucking good. Wow, I'm still like trying to process that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, I okay. Here's here's something that you'll probably just. Oi oi oi! I think putting Cloud Nine on the same tier as 100 Thieves and Team Liquid is crazier than thinking Rogue can win Worlds. Yeah, that I know you're just trolling. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trolling. Well, okay. Here's the thing. You need to. I I should be more clear in how I say this because can win worlds is really fucking vague right i should say a respectable so probably somewhere in the in the range of like two to five percent chance of winning worlds somewhere in between there whereas like i don't think cloud nine is, is in that at all so yeah i mm. all the north american teams together i would probably give one or two percent um for any one of the three teams in north america and even that might be generous so i'd probably give rogue somewhere in the two to five percent range mm. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then Fnatic. I mean, people know what I think of Fnatic. Dude, I fucking love watching Fnatic, man. They're so fun to watch. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're an amazing team, although I do think they're a good team. This team is just absolutely... They go ham, and mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's actually a strength as well. I, I, I'm always saying how being the proactive team is a strength. Just because sometimes they run it down does not mean that what they're doing is necessarily troll in their play style. They play aggressive. Sometimes you're going to get punished. That's just how it works. Fnatic plays really, really aggressive. And even though we've seen Hillisang int many times over the years with his aggressive play, I think lately his aggressive play has paid off way more than it's hurt them. And so I think that it's just such a strength right now. And we saw their bot lane look really good last year uh, at mm -hmm. Worlds as well, for what that's worth. Yeah, I think the way that Upset and Hillisang are playing right now is pretty on par with how Reckless and Hillisang were playing last year. And I, I again, I said this in Worlds 2020, I thought that Reckless and Hillsang were the best bot lane in the world at Worlds 2020. Yeah, they they were, were absolutely smacking everybody from like Life and Ruler 
to Jackie Love and uh, who I forget who their support was on Top Esports. I forget his name. Uh, Yuyanja, I think. Oh yeah, man, uh, they like, they absolutely they like they they lost in the quarterfinals against Top Esports, but they were like absolutely bending them over. And they looked that really, game, really good that against. That series went five, right? If yeah, I it did. Right? I even predict. Yeah. I, I just want to throw this in there. I predicted oh. a, a five-game series. Pat yourself series. on the back. <laughs> yeah, I will. Thank you very much. Um, but but they absolutely smacked daddied every bot lane they played against, and I feel like Uptut and Hillisang can do the same. The main thing for Fnatic for me is if Niski can sort of hold up and play as well as he was uh, in playoffs. Yeah, Niski's looked really good lately. I I guess we also got to give a shout out to Bwipo because coming into the year. That role swap was a question mark, right? I mean, there's the whole range of him being really, really good all the way to him being absolutely bad because you don't know what to expect out of a out of a good player like Whippo transferring to a just jungle is not a role he's ever played at pro play. So you don't know what to expect. I think he's looked really good for pretty much most of the year. And so you gotta you really gotta give props to Whippo for that. That's kind of crazy that you can swap roles like that and not stand out in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like we should move up to the A tier now. Yeah, let's get to the A tier. So what we have the same in A tier, JNT has Mad Lions, PSG, and Gen G. I have Mad Lions, Gen G, T1, and PSG. So the only difference is I added T1 into my A tier. So let's start with the stuff that we have in common. I guess since we're on the Europe topic, let's start with Mad Lions. Uh, for shame on you and me for not putting them in S tier, right, JNT? They're not S tier. Sorry, I said it. Mad Lions well, a lot of people S-tier. think they are. So, so here's the thing. I don't think they are S tier. Um, but again, this is one of those where if I saw someone put them in S tier, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, how could you do that? I just personally don't think that they're on the level of your, well, uh, we'll get to them later, but of your top world's teams. So I-, I couldn't put them there, but I will say I'm still really impressed with this team's macro. That is the thing that has stood out to me the most. When you're out macroing G2, like, really, really hard, that was a sign for me that this team is good and, and you can't fuck around with Mad Lions. So, um, yeah, I, I can't sleep on this team. They're good. They, they won the LEC for a reason. Twice, actually, for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. don't, don't sleep on them. Do not sleep on them. Yeah. Um, it feels like for Mad Lions, it feels like the same sort of questions as Worlds 2020 will be for 2021. Like, can their jungler be as good as he was in the LEC at Worlds because I feel like the same the same storyline going towards last time was like oh my god Shadow is really really insane playing like probably the best jungler Aww. in the league and like can he do the same thing and for me I think I have more confidence in Elioya because he has sort of like pretty much from the time he entered the league he's been playing like one of the best if not the best right now I would call him the best uh, jungler in the LEC but just apart from him, I mean, I think all around the board, their team is much, much better. Their top laner, Armut, is so much better than Arome. Uh, their <laughs> mid laner, uh, Humanoid, is still super, super good. And Karzi and Kaiser, I think, they kind of proved at MSI that they're not chokers and they actually can compete against some of the best bot lanes in the world. Um, they put up really, really good performances against Damwon's bot lane in MSI semifinals. And it's just more like... I'm entering, I'm going into Worlds 2020 with more confidence in their other roles, but the same questions in jungle, which I would argue at Worlds especially, is the most important role in the game. You just had, you made a bunch of thoughts go through my head there. One, dude, I forgot about Shadow. That was, uh, 
dude yeah. i loved he, he was great but then he, he did not look very good at worlds and he fell off really really hard and he did not it, look good he looked really bad how about yeah uh, and the thing like, is you're right bad. That, like elioya has looked so much better um and and i think that's one of the areas where this team why this team looks so much better is because their jungle is a lot more consistent um, so that's for that's one, but also I would say humanoid has actually stepped up and looked a lot better. Yeah. I think his summer has been a lot better than spring. That makes his spring sound bad. It wasn't bad. It really wasn't. But I think he's just so much more reliable in summer um, that I think this team got a little bit better, and that's why I wouldn't put like I mentioned before. I thought Rogue was the best team in spring. I think a big part of me thinking Mad Lions is the best team is because of humanoid. Um, and then you mentioned Armut. Armut, that guy's a beast. Love yeah, him. That'll uh, be fun. He's a rock in the top lane, uh, and, and he played yeah. really well. He played really well at Worlds 2020 uh, yes, on a playing team in Supermassive against teams like Mad Lions and against yeah. Uh, yeah. Team Liquid and whatnot. Yeah, that was where he stood out a lot last mm -hmm. year. We we became quick fans of his. Um, yeah. I, I, anyways, he's a player to watch as well. He's fun guy, fun guy to watch. Um, who should we go to next? I'll do Gen G, I think. Okay, let's do Gen G, my boys. Your boys. My boys, Gen G, have stumbled across the, across the finish line to end the the uh, split. I believe I think I was that's a good way to summarize rumors. it. Yeah, I believe I was reading some rumors about. Uh, I don't. God, I don't even want to say because I don't remember exactly even what I was reading. But it sounded like not everything was all like. Uh, um, there was some turmoil. Good. There was, yeah, maybe that kind of. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it didn't sound like everything was sunshine and rainbows between the uh, the players. Now, mm. obviously, I have no actual information on that. These are just rumors that you read from Reddit, of course, the greatest source in the world. <laughs> um, but it's not something you want to hear from a team that's struggling. Uh, it's probably usually that's accurate. If there's a team that's struggling, usually guys aren't too happy with each other, and there's a lot of frustration that happens. Um, I still think Gen G is a good team. I could not put them in S or S plus at all because of their stumbles, but I need to remind people they've got some absolute studs. BDD has had a great year. Ruler is an amazing AD carry. That guy's nuts. And so those are the two guys that I think you need to look to to pick things back up for Gen G and get them back in. You can't count this team out either, despite the fact that they've looked worse uh, in summer than they did in spring. Yeah, and I mean, like, even looking at summer split, like, Throughout the majority of the season, the only team that they were worse than was Damwon. Like, like for the most part, Genji was still looking pretty solid. Um, their playoffs didn't really go their way. They took a bit of a smacking to T1. Um, but I still, personally, I think Genji will play good. They'll play well at Worlds. I think individually, they have the players to match up against any and all of the other top players at Worlds. I think, you know, you obviously are going to have your, like, super standout guys, like your showmakers. You're doing bees, you're whatever, but like, dude, BDD is no pushover. That guy's really, really good. Clid is really, really good. Ruler is really, really now. good. Life Syndra's is strong. still pretty good when he's not taking no flash supports. World's 2020 flashback. that B BDD is one of the best Syndras in the world, if not the best. Uh, he might not be the best at any other champion, although he's still good at like Azir and stuff like that. His Syndra is absolutely disgusting, um, and I will take that to the grave. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think his Syndra is insane, and that that's a champion that will be meta. And so, I mean, that's just one champ. Uh, so that's a little bit of copium, if you will, but you can't ignore it. And so there's there's some some things that can happen for Genji to look good, but uh, they're definitely going to need to turn things around because if they can do, continue to play the way they did in summer, I don't really think this team has a shot for Worlds. But I'm I'm counting on them to bounce back. There's too much talent on this team for them to 
to be ignored. Exactly. It feels like it's more about like, can they come together and play well as a team? Because I think, you know, even if they're not the greatest team, I think just individually, they'll just hard outskill a lot of the lower tier teams that they will face. Um, and it's more about, can they come together? And then can they put it all together for those important best of fives against your EDGs, your FPXs, your, your damn ones, your RNGs? Like that's where quarterfinals is where this team is going to, we're going to see what they're really made of, I think. Okay. And then last up, we each have PSG in the A tier. Uh, this has to be based off MSI for you as well, right? Just want to confirm that? Yep. I mean, the only thing that I really know um, in terms of like the PCS, uh, they went undefeated in the regular season and the only games that they ever lost in playoffs were two beyond gaming where they did lose once 3-2, but then beat them in grand finals 3-2. So they beat everyone except for beyond gaming uh, five times. And they individually, you know, what we can go off from MSI is all their players are really, really good. Um, they're even could potentially look better because they're getting unified back who is unanimously one of one of if if not the best player in the league and like I feel like it's a lot of guys we kind of already know like they're known quantities now it's not like we're seeing a team from a I don't want to say they're not a minor region but from a, a, a smaller major region it's always like oh like we don't really know if this guy like we know that these guys are good and they look they really are good, good at MSI so that's why that's I had to put them in a with how good they looked at MSI um they at pretty much every one of their games may, maybe there was one or two exceptions but i believe pretty much every one of their games they looked like a good team and they were a team that you could not count out at msi yeah even uh, against your rng and your damn ones like they they played those yeah. teams really really well right and so that that for me is the only reason why i had to put them in a i i just there's no world where i could put them in b or lower uh with how good they looked at msi again very limited information but a for me and then for me, the last team that we had in here was T1, another team that didn't look great all year, but they started to look good towards the end of the season. They had a really good run. Uh, T1 started to ramp up, and they were not a, a team to really be feared towards the start of summer, but they were a team to be feared towards the end of summer. And so I think that's why JNT has them in S tier. Um, but for me, I'm still... It's the Faker I, I World's to, buff. It is a Faker World's buff. That That's a fine argument, Dude, but I, I need to see... I need to see a little bit more consistency before I were to bump them up to S. Um, but I will admit that it went back and forth a couple of times. So, uh, but anyways, I had them in A, you had them in S. Uh, anything to add to the T1 talk? I'm sure you've um, got something to say on T1. Well, it's, it is just a little bit weird because I thought at a, at a certain point at the end of summer, it, it kind of felt like you thought that they were going to pick one of Teddy and Gumayushi, but they still kind yeah. of continually will rotate those players in and out. Uh, whether they're in like one one in a series or in a regular season match or whatever, uh, but the main thing for me um, with T one and the player who I thought was you know playing really really well towards the end of the split was Owner. Um, Owner's he, been great. He's he's he, we kind of saw a little bit of Owner uh, towards the end of summer twenty twenty. I think it was like he's been on their he's been on their trainee roster for quite a long time, and they brought him in when they were like hella changing up their roster and like a last ditch effort to make worlds in 2020 didn't end up happening. And then he was kind of stashed on the bench for a little while and they brought him back out in summer and he looks really good. Yeah. He's probably been their best player. Um, yeah. Him or Faker. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why this team is better, but I also need to point to Kana because Kana was having Kana's a beast, like a him. lot of struggles in spring and he's been, he's been really solid as of late. Um, he got a lot of flame. He <laughs> if did. you were watching yeah. the LCK in, in spring, he got a lot of flame. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, well, he was deservedly, 
Deservedly so, yeah. Like he's he did pulling not a bit good. of a, a wonder, I think. But he's he's looking a lot better now, and I think that's another reason why T1 is not struggling nearly as much. And so, I mean, if you have your players improving as the as the season goes on, obviously they're going to be bumped up in people's power rankings or in this case tier list. And so, I think that's why we got them in S and A, even though they they struggled in spring. This this is still a good team, and like JNT said, and yes, it's obvious, but you got Faker on your team, and you're going to Worlds. <laughs> kind of mm. scary. It's very scary. <laughs> the faker diff. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, for the rest of the S tier, as far as J and T is concerned, uh, so we mentioned that he's got T one. He also has RNG and Dam one. For me, mm-hmm. I just have RNG all alone in there. Um, where do we? I guess we should start with RNG because that's what we got similar. Yeah, we both have RNG and S tier. Um, they had a bit of a lackluster summer in start comparison to, to summer. Start to summer. They yes. had a really good end. Really good. Yeah, I think they went on like an eight uh, eight game win streak or whatever towards the end, and then they yeah. lost their last game. But in summer they were streaking and looking really really good. So, yeah, I'm I I'd be afraid of RNG. I, I certainly would. Yeah, I like I don't know, like we saw it at MSI. Like this team, like the everyone was kind of under the assumption that Damwon was still the team to beat at MSI, and despite Damwon's struggles against RNG in the group stage, and even Damwon's struggles in the group stage against other teams like Cloud9 and like Mad Lions, and Mad Lions even taking them to five games in the semifinals match, like everyone was like, "Oh, like everyone still thought Damwon was going to win," but everyone kind of recognized, like, "Wait, RNG is still on the rise," and he did on the rise. Well, that's funny, but. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, sick. Um, RNG did win MSI. They didn't have the greatest start to summer split, but you really did see this team ramp up towards the end and even into playoffs. Like, they got guys all across the board. Zhao Hu, Wei, Kryon, like, uh, Gala and Ming. Like, Ming is... They're all good players. Ming, I've it just feels like Ming, since, like, Season 7, has always been considered, like, one of the best supports in the world. Uh, Zhao Hu, like his role swap like similar to Bwipa's role swap like he's just seamlessly gone up in there and just played really really well and especially in the LPL where there's so many good top laners like he just shits on people and we saw at MSI like that guy was absolutely destroying people in lane I think he has probably some of the best laning um like pure laning for top laners I would say and I think a lot of this team's success will probably hinge on way because we did see, you know, how big of a star he was when he did kind of get the resources, get those carry style champions. But like I said, you know, some of these teams, I think, will live and die by the jungle meta that we could see. And I think RNG will kind of be one of those like swing teams that like, could we see a good jungle meta for them? Like they could easily be like up there with EDG FPX. Yeah. And as I've said to you guys many times, I don't follow the LPL that closely. I, I just don't really i mean there's too many leagues to watch for me to keep up that closely with the lpl a lot of this for the lpl specifically is based off of what you're hearing out of these teams you'll hear dom talk a lot about the lpl because he covers it really closely and from what i could tell it seems like the lpl is definitely the best league in the world right now uh, the only thing is that you got damwon who still might be one of the best teams i i think there's a significant drop off from damwon to the other lck teams Whereas with the LPL, it doesn't seem like there's a big of a drop-off when it comes to EDG, FPX, and RNG. They all seem kind of up there. And so that's one of the problems that I think you have is like it's really hard to distinguish which team is the best when I believe all of these teams could beat each other. And I don't think that would surprise many people whatsoever. 
especially with how good RNG looked in, in, in at MSI, it would not surprise me at all to see RNG be able to beat FPX and EG, EDG, despite the, the hype that we've we've heard for those two teams, right? So I think what you've got here is you've got the LPL as a, as a big favorite to win just because they've got three, uh, what I would call favorites, whereas the LCK seems to have one in damn one. But Faker. But Faker. Yeah, okay, I think, um, was that enough on RNG? I say we just we talk about Damwon quickly because I did have them in S tier. You had them in S plus tier. And my main reasoning for having them in S tier was kind of what you were just talking about. Uh, LPL kind of being recognized as the best region in the world right now. And I think you could even say over the last two years, LPL supremacy is a thing. It's a thing I believe in. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for any of these teams or regions to really take down these LPL teams, like I would not be surprised at all if we saw three like RNG, FPX, and EDG take up three of the four top like spots at Worlds in terms of like play like what happens in the knockout stage and whatnot. And that was me. Like it's nothing against Damwon. It's just that I think FPX and EDG are going to be that good, which is why I had them in S and not S plus. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind when I see Damwon in S. I, I don't think it's terrible i still think they're an s plus team obviously i wouldn't put them in there but i don't think that's like a crazy take to put them in s um mm -hmm. and I, I don't mind the take that you think the lpl is better and therefore you put eeg and fpx above I'm, I'm okay with that as well um i don't think the gap is ex as significant so that's why i still had damn one in the s plus uh, area mm -hmm. um i want to remind people that i think showmaker is absolutely insane but that's not a hot take i think most people would showmaker agree is very good he's like still kind of He's he's like, while his team is not as good, or maybe they're not playing as well as they once were, he's still playing at that level. He he is also he gets every CS, he hits all the skill shots, he doesn't make mistakes in lanes. He he's still that guy. Yeah, and I, I would still say that his team is still pretty damn good as well. Oh, it is. Um, it's just I'm just saying it's not as good as it was at Worlds 2020. That's all. Probably I I think that's probably right. I do think you have a drop off um in Dakon from Nuggery. I think most people, Nuggery from last year anyways, I haven't really watched Nuggery much this year, but I think most people would agree with that, that Nuggery he's, last he's very year was good. better than, was better than Khan this year. And so I guess you have a little bit of a nerf in the top lane, but I mean, Damwon's still an amazing. Yeah, I, I, I think that you could still definitely rely on this team to be good. Um, I, I will say that at MSI, I believe we saw Barrel running it down a little bit. Oh, most um, definitely. So I, that's something Keep that, that I don't want to completely... I don't want to completely discount that as well, but I mean, for most of summer, the teams look pretty damn good, so I'm not that worried about damn one. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, uh, the and... other the oh. other two teams, EDG, FPX, right? Yeah, it it feels like they're kind of one A, one B going into worlds yeah. in terms of like just pick your poison. Like I don't know, like it it feels like the main talk of FPX is their top side of the map in Nuguri, Tien, and Doinbi. And the big talk of EDG is their bot side with a Viper and Mako, and then also kind of you throw, you throw a Scout in there. Like he he kind scout of pe looked pretty damn Scout good. counts as like top side and bot side because he's a mid laner. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like for FBX sure. is their top side of the map, and for EDG is their bot side of the map, including mid laners. Because I think Scout and Doinbee, I, I think like I don't know. I think I would still slightly favor the LCK mid laners and Showmaker and Chovy over them, but it's like they kind of play a bit of a different style. Um, at the same time, like Dwayne B's obviously yeah. got his own unique style that I don't think any right. other player in the world can copy. Um, 
But like, yeah, Niski tries. He's always talking. Yeah. Niski's always talking about he how he he learns a lot from from Niski, or excuse me, from Doinby. So I would put Niski in that conversation of that play style of you're trying to play very aggro and play for uh, tempo and um, and prio mm-hmm. so that you can roam and help out your team yeah. set up dives and stuff like that. I would say that those two are comparable in that play style, and I think it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that Niski's been actually good. But I mean, that's going back to Niski again. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like both of these teams are really, really good. All their players are insane. Like, sure, like don't even ignore like the FPX bot lane and LDBX and Crisp. Like when they won Worlds in 2019, like that was the whole thing about FPX was like, oh, well, their bot lane's not very good. Oh, yeah. Well, when Worlds happens, their bot lane actually played really, really well. And same thing with Damwon. Like people thought Damwon in 2020, like, oh, their weakness is their bot lane. Oh, wait. They actually just played really insane, and Barrel was actually one of the best players on that team when Damwon was like hella smurfing worlds. So I got, I'm really scared for anybody who gets into a group with these two teams because it's gonna be a pounding. Yeah, the uh, going into finals, most people had FPX as the favorite, but it looks yeah. like EDG kind. Of, I think that definitely stamped edg as 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 a favorite to win worlds after beating fpx because i think most people had fpx as the favorite at that time at that time it definitely seemed like uh, well fpx is what i was hearing the most as the best team in the world there was that reddit post about doing b's work work ethic i don't know when that came out but that was something that's really been highlighted a lot i think a lot of people have doing b as the best player in the world at the moment but that's a whole can of worms to get into yeah, because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of really good players that you could throw in that discussion, but I think right now people are probably giving it to Doinby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just Worlds is going to be exciting. I is am that excited. it for the tier list? I think so. Okay, so that's our tier list. Uh, that took quite a while, but we we did manage to get through it. Um, before we move on though, there's actually one thing that I kept meaning to talk to you about, JNT. And it just made me think about it now because we were talking about Doinby and Showmaker. So there was the rumor about Trindamir mid. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I heard about the, that. The reason why I got to bring this up is because it's so interesting to me. It sounds so troll, but yet I still believe it. Like, well, no, okay, well, it's not a troll. You, it's not a troll. It's well, legit. Well, that's, what, that's why I say I believe it. Um, but so, so hear me out here, though. If you were... Okay, for, for teams that have been to Worlds many times, they probably go through, like, look, uh, what do we have success with in the past and what have we struggled with? What have been some things that have that have been obstacles for us? And there's probably this discussion that, man, every time we go to Worlds, I keep finding these picks in solo queue and people just copy me and then it becomes meta. So what you could do, and I'm not saying this is what's happening, guys. I'm just having a little fun here. What you could do is say, hey, Showmaker, if I'm going to be, hey, Showmaker, you want to put out this rumor that Trindamir mid is really, really meta <laughs> and just send people, and send people on this wild goose chase into trying these picks. Like if you would have asked me like two months ago, name a troll pick to become to become meta at world, I would have been like Trindamir mid, man. Like that would be like the trollest thing, and you'd be like, ha ha, yeah. And here we are. Apparently, Whoa. Trindamir mid is this uh, this thing that is supposed to be pick ban. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, but so what, are your thoughts what, on that, what I'll say about it, because there's a little bit of stuff I do know about this. Um, Nemesis and LS have been saying for a few months now that like this is like really OP. Like I, I watch Nemesis' stream quite a, a decent amount, and I watch like a lot of his YouTube videos, and he's been on the Trindamir mid like grind for quite a while now. And one thing that I'll also quickly reference, which take this with a grain of salt, but Dopa, 
if people don't know who Dopa is, he's like the the perma band like Korean mid laner who was like basically heralded as like probably the best player of all time mechanically speaking and like but he never got his chance to play in the LCK because they banned him for life or whatever. But the point is, he back before summer, you know, was basically talking about how Lee Sin mid and Zinzao jungle were going to be like the two most broken champions in the game for all of summer. And that happened and was true. And he's also right now saying the same thing about Trindamir mid. There was like a Reddit post made like two weeks ago about this, where he was saying how like Trindamir mid is like supposed to be stronger than both of those combined basically right now. So well, I think there was also a Reddit post that about Doing be talking about Trindamir mid at the start of summer, no, I think it was. Oh, really? Because I remember there was a recent one so. about Trindamir mid, but there was also the one that Dopa put out like, or there was the clip from Dopa stream that came out two weeks before all of this Trindamir mid stuff started happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a Reddit post as I was doing my last second research. Uh, it was I was just looking at the top Reddit posts over the last month, and I think there was one on there talking about B talking about Trindamir mid at the start of summer, I believe it was. Don't quote okay. me on that, but I think that's what I was seeing. And so I think that Doinbee's on this hype been on this hype train for a while. So why it's coming out now, I don't know, but it how weird is that, right? Yeah, I mean regardless like Based off of all the noise we're hearing about it, like it's gotta, like it's gonna be picked. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be picked. Like it, sure, it might, like we might see it in plans, and it might int its face off and just like do horrible until like a lot of these other matchups that people have identified and found out, and whatever. But like it's gonna get picked. Like unless it's the wild goose chase theory. <laughs> no, I mean maybe it, it's possible. I'm not gonna rule it out. Wouldn't okay, wouldn't that be one of the like best trolls in League of Legends history is to just hey, I'm this star player. I just need to grab one other star player to get on board with me of starting this rumor just to send all the other teams off on this chase. It would be so five head. It would uh, be funny. But yeah, like 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 JNT saying, I don't think it's all that mm -hmm. likely, but it would be five head though. Really would. Mm -hmm. Uh let's get into quick news, right? Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, that's it. Let's do quick news. Uh, we got a lot of quick news because we missed a week last week. So the quick yes. news has piled up one thing that was pretty major news a couple of weeks ago that isn't so much anymore, but we felt we should talk about it, is uh, China's online gaming ban for people who are under 18. And if people don't really know what that was or what was going on, basically China, before this whole announcement, has already put in place limitations for young people, I say young people, people who are younger than 18 years old, to play video games, um, you know, during the weekdays, like school days, and, and on the weekends, in an attempt to sort of, I guess, create, you know, limit the amount of time people are spending online and whether they think that's a healthy lifestyle or not. Well, they basically doubled down on this almost two weeks ago, where they basically said that you are not allowed to play video games during the week, and you're only allowed to play one hour on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sunday nights, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm still, I still don't know what to think about this because I've heard mixed opinions on it. I've heard some people say like this is really going to stunt the growth of talent, and and from from the sounds of things, it would, right? If you're not allowed to play, but then I've also heard that eh, it's not a big deal. They'll have like the sign in with their parents' account, and they'll just lie about their age on their accounts that they make. I don't know how any of this stuff works. Well, here I do know a little bit how it works. So the okay, big, feed me. Well, the big what app, the big app in China that everybody uses and has like for everything is called WeChat. 
Like it's what oh, you okay. it's what you use to pay for stuff. It's what you use to get into stuff. It's what you use to like get on the bus. To, like it's it's what you use. Like that is you your life is that app pretty much from what i know what's qq do you know what qq is i've heard something about that as well i believe that is another version of it or something like that and maybe i don't don't know i've heard that i know i recognize that name but from what i know we chat's the thing and part of it is like you have to you have to use that to be able to sign in and do a lot of stuff specifically online video games and like you kind of mentioned like people normally just use their parents account to sign in or lie about their age or whatever and especially, you know, with them kind of doubling down on it, I feel like you're kind of going to go one of two ways where one, now everyone's just going to do this or you actually are going to try to like limit and stunt the growth of whatnot. Because the L- the LDL, which is basically the LPL Academy, announced that players under the age of 18 are not allowed to play on stage. And this sort of created this whole thing where like their playoffs had to get canceled and rescheduled because a bunch of teams had to use emergency substitutes because a lot of their players were like 17 or under. And it created this whole weird thing for them. And it's just like, it's just really interesting, I think, to see how this changes one, like kind of the scouting and LPL player player base and how that translates to pro play. Because it feels like a lot of like young Chinese talent, similar to uh, EU, that's like a big thing for them. It's like getting in their young players, getting them in at an early age and kind of like, you know, prepping them up. So when they do reach that, age of 18 years old they come into the lpl it's like immediate stars like that was like the whole thing with jackie love when they world when they won worlds in 2018 like he was on like one of those like super squad trainee trainee rosters came in to ig that year and then just was like one of the best players in the world and just won yeah so here's here's what i'll say because i still don't know what to think about what the results are going to be let's say if there's not a significant drop off as far as talent going to into the lpl everything should stay fine and that's so that's great. So hopefully there's no change. But if there is a significant amount of drop-off of talent going into the LPL, I think this is going to affect multiple regions. I think it'll affect the LCK as well, because we've already seen the LPL start to take some players from the LCK. Um, I think that you would see that number go up of number of imports that the LPL gets from the LCK if this problem persists. And so that's the worry that I have for the LCK. I don't think you're going to see any imports out of North America or LEC, or at least not a lot, maybe one or two. I, I don't know, though. And, yeah. But it is something to worry about as far as if I'm an LCK fan, I'm worried. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, so it kind of makes LPL. you makes you wonder if there's going to be like another LCK exodus like there was between 2014 and 2016, where China just like yoinked a bunch of their talent, like half of their like top tier talent. Yeah, that's that's a, what I'm a little bit worried about. So I, I think it'll affect LPL and LCK if this has a big significant effect. But that to, is to be determined for me still. So I, I don't really know not much more about it from me. Alrighty. Um, back to the LCS. Um, on the eSports Charts website, which is the website that they use to track viewership, um, the LCS Summer Split had the lowest peak viewership uh, count of any LCS season in the last five years. So we've kind of talked about a bunch of different times on this show. Viewership is going down. What does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the the stats don't lie. Uh, the viewership was one of the worst, you know, viewed finals in, in over five years, which is pretty crazy. Um, so the finals thing isn't really all that surprising because it was so quick. A lot of times viewership will go up over time as the series goes on. So that's something that's not really surprising. But the whole, uh, the lowest peak, I think over summer is kind of a worry. Like the summer split, 
That's kind of Monka S to me. But I mean, it's also not that surprising, right? We've seen drop off. It's just unfortunate that what we thought was going to come ended up coming true. That's what kind of sucks, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it does feel like the LC. Oh man, I was about to say the LC. It feels like the LCS is dying, but I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't say that, but it definitely seems like the the interest for your average viewer is declining for sure. It does feel yeah. like a lot of the people that are still, you know, watching LCS on a consistent basis are those people who like to watch all the games, like to be heavily involved within the scene as opposed to maybe your season five, six, seven, where, you know, you had a bunch of, you know, had a bunch of random fans, ones that would like see like, oh, their favorite team is playing. Oh, they would watch their favorite team. And, you know, we would see these kinds of series like C9 TSM hit like 600, 700K if it was like a finals matchup. And we're not really at those numbers anymore. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of takeaways. One is when people say that the league is dying, I think there's a couple definitions that you could have there. Dying for some people is just the viewership is going down. And then there's some people that think the league is going to die and just and just fold. That I don't think is going to happen. Yes, the viewership can diminish, but like esports can still be profitable. Like a league like that can still be profitable, profitable even if the the viewership dies off. Now it won't be as profitable, I'm sure. But if you've seen how many sponsors the LCS has, like they got plenty of of oh we know income to keep it to keep it going. We, we see so, it. We see those sponsors. They've got a. They've got a bunch. That's Red one thing Bull, the LCS Barrett, does Power really well. Play, Verizon yeah. seeks champion. Yeah. State Farm anyway, so that's analyst something the LCS, desk. That's something the LCS does really well with. So there's that. Do, 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 um, do. What was my other thought? Oh, yes. The other thing was a lot of people when talking about the diminishing viewership of LCS for this whole past year have said, and rightfully so, they're like, well, with Bjergsen and Doublelift leaving, it's hard for people to stay interested. Oh, he's well, back. Gonna, one of them's coming back. So... We'll see how much of an effect. Oh, well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we won't even know. Maybe there won't be a difference. Who the hell knows? Um, but you got to figure it's got to help, right? It can't yeah. having Bjergsen back. It'll it'll so definitely so bump up your, your week one numbers for sure. Yeah, you would have to assume. And, and probably just interest overall for TSM fans because uh, when you go 06 at one Worlds and then you go... Well, you, you don't make Worlds make still up three out of the last year. four years. The when when you don't even make yeah that that that's not gonna really really help you very much but I think something like Bjergsen coming back could could spark a little something um but yeah I think we'll have to wait and see how, so how that looks. Just to give some quick specifics on that, the peak viewership was three hundred sixty four thousand in the TL one hundred Thieves finals, and that was including the co stream numbers. Uh, people were people were wondering. Uh, next up, we're just gonna kind of go. Re I'm gonna stick with the North American stuff. Um. We got some other, another uh, former TSM member wanting to return to pro play Biofrost announced that mm -hmm. after taking a year off, he wants to uh, return to pro play. I think he, for the majority, he was just kind of streaming. Like he wasn't like, he would get a couple thousand viewers, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah no, he, he's got decent viewership, honestly, on his stream. But I, I think one of the issues with Bio is that he's going to have to reprove himself again because yeah. like Doublelift as well, he was part. Well, he was part of that bot lane that didn't look very good last year in 2020. TSM, their bot lane to me was the obvious standout of where they didn't look good, and you could put that on Bio and Doublelift if you ask me. Um, even Treats didn't really look that good. I know Treats left to Europe and looked great afterwards, but. Uh, yeah, they didn't look that good. So I think you have to reprove yourself, and therefore Bio might have to go to another lower tier team because 
I don't think you're – there's no chance in my mind that 100 Thieves, TSM, Cloud9, or TL really wants you. Well, I don't know. Um, maybe TSM dumped Sword Art and they were like, oh, let's just go get Biofrost again. Maybe. Like they like they did after he didn't look very good against – when he didn't look very good on CLG and then they kind of just took him back. Yeah, what they could do is maybe they look to sign him to a to an academy contract, and if he looks good in academy, maybe then you bring him up. You know what? Know, what possible, if but... what if TSM also they dropped Huni and got Hanser and then bought out Sven Skarin? <laughs> oh my God, there that'd you. be. Like, <laughs> Dude, like I've seen actually, that's like you're like the third person that I've I heard know. say that now, counting Reddit and counting Twitch chat and stuff like that. It's so like. It's such a meme, but like it is funny anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I said, to keep on North American stuff. Last stuff for NA. Captain Flowers. He posted a a thing on Twitter, a little twit longer, and basically was outlining that he's not going to be at Worlds 2021. I think. Uh, caster or sorry, Captain Flowers really burst onto the scene as a caster in like late 2017, early 2018, and was a pretty featured guy for the majority of the last three years. And to see him not at Worlds, I feel like is pretty surprising. Yeah, um, it's disappointing, but you get it, right? It's, yeah. it's like you understand why, but it's... For people who didn't uh, uh, read the tweet longer or see anything about this, he was basically just outlining how, you know, he's, you know, he's putting his mental health first over um, yeah, and his job right now, which is totally understandable. Exactly. No one's ever going to blame you for that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's disappointing because you want to see your boy. He's one of the best, but it's totally understandable. No one's that. No one should make him feel bad rather for for doing something that's obviously in his best interest like that so it sucks um but i mean that's that's gonna happen sometimes you got to take care of yourself and so wish him the best it's that simple we'll jump over to the eu stuff now first up we kind of mentioned this before already uh caps signed a one-year extension with g2 meaning he's under contract until 2023 what do we yeah think? we talked about this a little bit earlier um I don't know. I guess I didn't think it was like a for sure thing. So, sorry, I was just trying to catch up on Twitch chat. Um, I, I guess you can't say like for sure that I was like, yes, they're going to sign caps again or no, they won't. So to me, this is like something that's like this was not guaranteed to happen because we have seen a pretty significant drop off from caps this year. And so I, I guess G2 has confidence that they want to keep him, but I'm not so confident that they want to keep anybody else by the sounds of things. Um, is there any other rumors that I'm missing? Cause I know, or anything concrete that I'm missing? Because I know there are rumors. Well, what I, I don't know if you saw this rumor, but it came out like 30 minutes before we started. But uh, apparently Wonder renamed one of his solo queue accounts to Unemployed Top Laner. Oh, I mean, that's not surprising at all. He looked really, really bad. But like, also like, but also he's a big memer. So like, you don't know if it's like half troll or True. what. True true but i mean let's just say if that were to happen if if wonder is not on g2 is anybody surprised by that well uh, i'm not he looks yeah. bad man i know like a lot, a lot of the g2 rumors that like the whole team is gonna blow up but for me like i don't know like wonder was really bad and i honestly think like they could give it they could run back the same roster with a different top laner and i think you know obviously it, it I guess the other person that you do want to talk about is Caps because he didn't play very well either. Like, he was statistically one of the worst players in the league to start off the summer split. But it is pretty hard to ignore his pedigree and his his, his performances over the last four years to just, like, straight up and cut him or get rid of him for somebody else, especially considering that they're probably not there probably is not any other options who would have a higher ceiling and who could initially come in and be better than Caps. So, for me, like... Dirksen. 
That would be crazy. No way that happens. If that happens, wouldn't that be? That would be nuts. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I think I it's. Think I, I think it's more. I think the most likely G two roster move for sure is Wonder. But to be honest, like, I don't really think if I would get rid of anybody else. Really, like, I don't know. I I, I don't well, think I would. So also the rumors. There's also rumors about them looking for Broken Blade possibly in the top lane. Which well, Broken Blade had a really yeah. good split. A lot of people said, despite the fact that he didn't wasn't on a good team. Uh, which would put to bed my fee that I crafted a few months ago that Broken Blade would come back to North America and go to 100 Thieves. I think that that hurts that one a little bit, but it, it's it's there's a rumor that Broken Blade could go to G2 and play in the top lane. Who knows yeah. if that's happening? Um, another rumor. Yeah, another contract extension. Kaiser, Mad Lions support, signing a two-year extension, meaning he'll be under contract until 2023, so his contract was probably going to end... Well, it was going to end uh, after this season. We've had like a couple other. I know Rogue. They've made like two contract extensions during the LEC playoffs, which I always I, I mentioned at the time was like pretty weird, considering you're going to sign an extension to one of your players in the middle of the season before the season is over and before like you put everything to bed. Because I was thinking about the scenario, like compare this to Shadow from last year. Do you think, like, if Ma like, would you have been surprised at all if Mad Lions offered Shadow a contract extension before World started? Like, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's great. He's a really good jungler. And I wouldn't have been surprised at all. <sighs> but then, obviously, to I, see him, I don't him think I would have been surprised. No, but I don't. I don't remember when he started to fall off. I know he fell off at World. Well, no, it, it was it was at Worlds. No, no, it was okay. it was at Worlds. Like he was like one of the best junglers in the league to end the split. And it just, I don't know, to me. Like, it just feels super awkward to give a player a contract extension when the season is almost over because you still have more games to play. Like, what if Kaiser just, like, chokes it up? Like, not to mention, Kaiser was another player that came into Worlds 2020 with a lot of hype and choked pretty badly. And, yeah. it, I, like, my, my only fear is, like, I hope for his sake and for Mad Lion's sake that he just doesn't choke it up and, like, turn into a bad player kind of like Shadow did. Not to well, say well, and that's. Any yeah. signing is always a gamble, and so you have to figure that the way Mad Lions is thinking about this is that they're really happy with having uh, Kaiser sign before Worlds because they think that he's going to perform well. I and think so too. I'm just... really, if he performs really well at Worlds, then you have to pay him more. And there's also the side from Kaiser. He might be thinking being in contract trying to prove myself for a contract at worlds is not what i want to get into and so maybe he'll feel more comfortable already having a contract that he can relax and just focus on his game rather than focus on trying to earn his contract for next year and so maybe it's a win-win for both of them and that's usually when you get a signing is if both teams or both parties feel like they're getting a win right yeah, so no, that and, and that would be my theory as to why they signed now. Just I mean, it, it, it does totally make sense. It's just the worry is like if he does play bad, like then you kind of lock yourself into a situation where you've paid for this yeah. player for an additional two years and, you know, he's not the same. And, and that's like, the risk. That, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I it's a risk. I think I think players like inspired Larson and Kaiser, those guys who have got these contracts kind of in the middle of LC, LC, lec playoffs and before worlds i think they are going to be players who will continue to play very very well which is why i think it's fine but i feel like if this were to become a norm i would be a bit worried for some of these organizations making those kinds of moves yeah yeah definitely it's it's really interesting it is uh mm -hmm. it's it's it, you got to wonder why it's being it's happening but 
I don't think we'll have any answers until maybe the off season, and maybe even then we don't get any answers as to why they're making these decisions. But yeah. Alrighty. Uh, next up, some SK news. Uh, Jezus, their coach, and treats their and oh. and player. Jezus was their player. Yeah, for 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 a little for for a little bit, and then uh, treats yeah. their support slash jungler, XD. Um, they announced that they were exploring options with other teams. Which, yes, that means they're still under contract with their current team, but in all likelihood, it means that they're going to be going to a different team. And for those that don't know or don't remember or whatever, uh, Treats was jungling, but this was not because he wanted to jungle. This was because Some... SK was put in this kind of emergency situation where they didn't really have any other backup junglers or anything like that. Well, they did, so but they just didn't going... use it. So Sure, they thought, their best option, they thought their best option was to go with Treats, and he actually looked pretty good in the jungle, all things considering. But not at the start, wants to be, he wants to be a support. He, he's been pretty vocal about that, that he wants to support. So I believe that when he's looking at his other options and other teams, it's probably for support. But let's not say for sure, but probably for support. Yep. And I think he'll probably be a player that a lot of the mid-tier LEC teams would want to acquire. I think maybe top teams might be a bit of a reach because I don't think he has enough of a enough of a portfolio to warrant like top team attention, even though I think he is a player who has the potential to do that because I think he's really, really good. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him move up in terms of like the LEC hierarchy with teams. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, last up tanks there. He's their jungle. Who the hell's, what does tanks do? <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was their mid. <laughs> I thought, no, their mid laner is blue. I thought they benched him. I don't know, man. I can't. Oh, yeah, they benched now. Tinks. That's what it was. They benched him because they, they were like, this guy sucks. He's a free agent. Oh, okay. That's all I was going to say. He was officially a free agent. I watched plenty of LEC this year, and I can't remember still. Yeah. So. Uh, next up, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about caps, but Grabs, uh, G2's head coach. Uh, is it not announced, but is it announced or is it the rumor? It's like a big rumor. Uh, I think it's rumor. I don't think it's officially announced, but, but it's, it's big rumor. pretty damn likely. Well, and and not only, I believe the rumor is also not that he is being replaced or anything like that, but that he also wants to leave. I, mm. I believe it's being announced as mutual. Now, you could always argue that a lot of these things are not mutual and blah, 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 blah. Sure, but that's that's what the, the rumor was, is that um, he wasn't happy with the team and that they're not happy with the stumble that they had towards the end of the year and not making worlds is not good enough for G2. So it looks like the, the rumor that's being released is that it's on both uh, parties to want to split. He's getting the Reaper treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the only, the well, I don't, I don't know. He, he was the first guy that got kicked when they didn't make worlds. Yeah. Um, the only other thing to note from that is that uh, they did sign Nelson, who was like a pretty big LPL coach at the time, who <laughs> before joining G2 was an L was a coach of LNG. Um, so I would have to imagine that he will probably just move up into the head coaching role unless they were to acquire any other big free agent EU head coach or if they really wanted to, to bring in an international coach from like the LCK or the LPL, I would assume they'll probably just stick, stick in-house with Nelson. Uh, similar to what C9 sort of did when they just bumped up Rain over to head coach. Obviously, they brought in Mithy, and now Mithy's the head coach, but I would think same sort of thing will happen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, last piece of EU news is Vizichachi. Yes, the Unicorns oh, of yeah. Love, the Unicorns of Love legend and LEC legend is wants to return to pro play as well. 
Uh, right now, he's a Mad Lions positional coach, and I think he joined before the start of summer uh, to you know kind of help up coach Armut and Armut's. Oh, kind was of, it before summer? I think so. I thought he like I thought we announced this in quick news just a few weeks ago. I thought it was before playoffs. I mean, maybe I it was. I don't know. I, I might be make, maybe I'm making things up. Don't rely on me for my memory. Sorry. Go on. Well, he wants to play pro again, so he's a he's a beast. Bring some uh, some name value, some brand value to a team. Yeah, he's been around for quite some time. He's kind of old now, though. He's I think he's like 27 or something. Yeah, but I mean, hey man, come on. Okay. That's not that old. Whatever. Okay. Um, I think that's it. There's the Vex stuff. Well, I meant from all the like. LCS like pro play stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, yeah. Last thing, the new champion Vex. This is what I always say when the new champion comes out. It's like they do. They actually do a really good job of like, um, like the personality of these champions and, and some of the stuff that they do with them are really cool. Like Gwen with the massive scissors, like that's cool. And Diego stealing someone's body. Like, it's not balanced fucking at all, but it is really cool. And so they always come out with these really cool champions, but it's like, stop coming out with new champions. As much as I love the the personality and all the stuff that comes with it, they need to stop coming out with champions for this game, man. There's too many champions that need balancing first. That's yep. always going to be my opinion on it until they start to just balance the game first. But with every new champion that comes out, it makes the game more and more difficult to balance. So, yeah. whatever. It's like, it looks like a Moomoo's like... I don't want to say friend. It's like a. Oh yeah. It's like permanent. It's permanent emo Amumu. Yeah. No. I. I. All I've seen from the champion, I have no clue what any of the abilities like actually do. I saw the one minute teaser video. Like I know you can probably right now go up and look like her into her abilities, read them and whatnot. I just haven't because yeah. I just haven't had time lately. It's up there. You can find it. Yeah. You know, okay. You know how Amumu's like all sad. Vex is like sad but not crying well her like, thing her whole thing is like she, gloom. yeah the whole thing yeah. is she fears people right that's like a big part of her kit is she fears uh, she's people? Got like a little shadow or something she's yeah i don't know shadow. it looks cool she like talks the, to her shadow it's kind of like a, a willump and nunu effect where she's got a little partner and her partner is her shadow anyways the champion looks like really kindred cool. and lamb kind of thing yeah 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 that yeah. old that i think old. i think it looks cool I, I saw only a small like little bit of it i think it looks cool yeah, it does look cool. So honestly, I'll probably like the champion, but I still wish they'd stop coming out with more. But what else is new? That's yeah. always the story with those champions. What else we got, JMT? That's is that it. everything? Yep. Okay, schedule. Because our schedule is a fucking nightmare. And, well, honestly, the world schedule is a nightmare. Um, so obviously, we're doing an episode this week. That's right now. And then our next episode is probably not next week, right, JNT? It's probably two weeks from now, we think? Yeah, most likely, like for sure, for sure, we're going to have an episode up in two weeks uh, because it'll, you know, that's the week before plans. Presumably, the world's uh, group show draw is the world's, Jesus Christ, the world's group, group draw, draw show. <laughs> there we go. I finally got it. That is going to happen okay. presumably from sometime now to the start of Worlds. And so hopefully when that happens, we can, you know, have an episode to talk about the playing teams, whatnot, see if anybody has like a presumably hard group or whatever. Um, but unless that happens, like if that happens tomorrow, like, I mean, our episode might be next week, but as of right yeah. now, like it's kind of, we're just waiting for Worlds to start. So two then, weeks for sure um, will be our first episode where we start really covering Worlds. And then the way that we're going to do our episodes is we're basically 
going to try to get them out ASAP when a stage of Worlds ends. So just to list off some dates here. Play-in stage runs from October the 5th to October the 9th. So we're going to do an episode talking about the play-in stage right after the play-in stage ends that same day, October the 9th. On the 9th, okay. And then Worlds group stage starts two days later on October the 11th to October the 13th. That's your quote-unquote week one of group stage. We're going to episode that day, right after the first week of groups concludes. Then the next quote-unquote week of uh, groups runs from the 15th to the 18th. And we're going to do an episode on the 18th, right after the conclusion. Then we get into quarterfinals, which happens on October the 26th. Sorry, October the 22nd to the 25th. We are then going to do our episode the day after the quarterfinals, which would be October the 26th. Then... The semifinals run from October 30th to October 31st. We're going to do our episode the day after on November the 1st. And then the finals are on November the 6th. And we're going to do our episode on November the 7th, the day after finals. Yeah, so all this to say that it's a mess, guys. We're going to do our best to keep you guys updated. Because, look, things can fucking change, man. It's so hard to keep up with Worlds, especially this year. I don't even know if the people organizing Worlds are completely sure with what's going on right now because they're probably in, in uh, what's the word, rush mode, whatever you want to call it, because of their pivot to a different location and all that stuff. But we're going to do our best to keep you guys updated. If we're going live, we'll let you guys know on Twitter. And the other thing, uh, as JNT is talking with chat right now, the other thing is uh, we believe we're going to try to do our episodes earlier. So we were doing them like pretty much in the middle of the night. We were starting at like 12 uh, midnight, like EST. I think we're going to try to do kind of similar to what we're doing now, where we do it earlier in the evening or night and start maybe around 9 p.m. EST. But again, that stuff we'll let you guys know as well. Just keep an eye on Twitter because I'll usually tweet out and usually JNT will retweet or whatever. And so we'll try to keep you guys updated on that. That is it for this episode. Um, lots of chat in the live chat. We always appreciate you guys um, hel helping us out and giving us some some things that we missed. This I'm sorry to the people in the live chat this time. There was a lot of stuff that I I, I can't read it. I can't multitask. As I am one of the worst multitaskers there is on this goddamn planet. So if there was any messages for us while we were talking, big time apologies. And if you guys got any subs, any prime subs, Feel free to throw them our way. We could definitely use them more nice. than Jeff Bezos could. They are free. Uh, and you guys get a cool little bean soup emote, I think, or something like that. So yeah, always appreciate your guys' supports. JNT, I'm throwing it to you if you have any shout-outs or anything you want to say before we close it out. Um, nope. Cygnus asks, are you guys going to compete with Travis? If he has episodes on the same day as us, then probably, yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Thing Things can definitely change. We have no idea. It's it's going to be a long month. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we'll do our best. But luckily, again, thank you luckily guys so much. the mornings are not will not be as early as they would have been if they were yes, in China. Yes, that's one thing. The the EU schedule has got to be so much better on us than the, the China schedule would be. So that's pretty good. Anyways, thank you one last time, guys. Always appreciate your guys' support. This has been episode 58 of the Clown Fiesta podcast, and we will see you guys when we see you.